Hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. This episode of Deposits with Brooke England is brought to you by our sponsor, General Motors. Learn more about their continued efforts to fund the future and inspire innovation at GM.com. I'm not in the, I'm not in this for a popularity contest. I don't take a I don't keep a tally sheet on how many people like me and how many people don't. Um, in fact, when people challenge me or doubt me, it's what actually motivates me to go harder. We're back for another episode of Deposits with me, Brooke England, brought to you by the Revolt Podcast Network. And you already know what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about that bag. Now, the person I'm here with today, I would say, is a mover and shaker of the culture. This person has broke the internet multiple times. Trending topics, CEO, best-selling author, and you already know he getting to that bag. Thank you so much, Jason Lee, for joining me today. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so happy that you're here. Now, I have a little story. Okay. Because I know a lot of people. I know most of the people that have come on my show. It's only been a few episodes. Yeah. But you might not remember this. I saw Jason at a party one time. <laughs> and I was like, you should work with me. And you were like, why? <laughs> <laughs> did I say, well, that sounds like me. No, you were like, why? But I mean, you were nice when I, yeah. I came up to you. Yeah. But I like fumbled it. Yeah. I don't know why I was so nervous. And, you know, it was a good lesson in pitch. Yeah. You know, it was a good lesson. But was lesson. it why, like, why? Or was it like, why? You were like, why should I? <laughs> and I, and it was, like, so stupid. Because I was like, you still were standing there. You, were, I was like, Was because. I waiting for the answer? Yeah, I was like, because. <laughs> you kept walking. Well, I mean, here's the deal. Here's the deal. I've learned in my own experience, in my own journey of, wanting to work with people or wanting to interview somebody or wanting to get in an event or something. I just knew I wanted it, but I didn't know why I wanted it. And I learned, and I've since learned through being told no or losing opportunities or not getting or whatever, two things. One, that God had something bigger for me, so fuck what you're talking about. Now you have your own show. And two, that um, live with intentionality, move with intention, be very clear on what your intention is. If I'm going to interview somebody, I need to know that I want to talk to them. I don't want to fill a seat to find a whole hour to talk to somebody about something that I don't want to talk about, which is why I own my own show. So listen, I didn't take it as shade. Okay. I took it as I never do that. Yeah. You know, I've worked with a lot of celebrities. Yeah. And I never do that. I don't know why I did that. You were just so like. (laughs) I was just right there. You were just right there. <laughs> and I was like, I should say something. Mm-hmm. Excited to talk to you. I didn't care. I didn't tell anybody about it. This is the first time I'm telling this story. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to tell him when he sits down because 
it is so crazy. It's not crazy because my life is like that. Yeah. But I'm so happy that you're here. I put your name on the list. I didn't know it was going to happen. And here you are. Well, I mean, I believe in supporting creators who are creating their their thing. And I mean, look at the blessing of being able to continue to go on and build your own platform. You know but I mean? as you keep growing and as the bag gets bigger and as the voice gets louder, you learn that that thought has to apply to everything. When I wanted to lose weight, I had to be intentional. When I wanted a relationship, I think about it, I manifest it, I claim it, and then I go after mm. it. So it's not just... Uh, and just not a, applying to when I talk to somebody or meet somebody, it's a, it's in everything that I do that I'm trying to be very, very intentional. I'm not perfect. I slip up or whatever and I have to pivot. But, you know, if you just start from the mindset of like, okay, let me get the mindset set to where everything is intentional. How I move, how I talk, who I talk to, how I'm associating with people has to all fall in line with that value. Yes, yes. And you know what? As an intentional person and someone who does a lot of shadow work, I can see that about yeah. you. I mean, you don't get to where you are without being intentional, without putting those things into the vortex. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? So they can come out. But what I want to know is... Your story is so, so good, like beyond what you've done in the internet space. You know, all the things that you've overcome. When did you even get into this type mindset mm -hmm. where it's like you're so mentally strong? I know that there's been a lot of moments in your life where yeah. it's forced you to be yeah. mentally strong. But when did Jason decide, you know what? I have power. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, there's been multiple lessons. I mean, you know, when you survive the things that I've gone through as a kid and when you grow up in a world where you're not loved by the people who are supposed to love you and you have to figure that out or, you know, you're you're um, taken advantage of time after time and you just continue to keep going, it's uh, it, it almost became a test, you know, like, okay, well, what else? You know, and I think really I always, you know, credit the, the death of my brother is really like the foundation for me of, what the worst pain in the world feels like. So from there, it can't get no worse than that for me. And so I just kept going. And then I think it's somewhere in my mind too, I, I just, you know, I was thinking the other day, I was like, I know he would be super proud of me because he always believed in me and he always believed that I was going to be great. He would always tell me that. And I think that as I continue to go, and even on the way over, we were having a conversation about how people still hate me or still doubt me or still tell me, you know, they can't believe this or that even though I know they have to look at what I'm doing and admire it because yeah. I mean, I've, I've, I'm killing the game, but, uh, I think just, and no one is liked by everyone. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. I'm not in the, I'm not in this for a popularity contest. I don't take a, I don't keep a tally sheet on how many people like me and how many people don't. Um, in fact, when people challenge me or doubt me, it's what actually motivates me to go harder. Mm -hmm. And there was a time where I got real comfortable in my podcast. I was making crazy money. I had the big house, I had the cars, all that. But, uh, and I was content with kind of my lifestyle because I was getting everything that I wanted. I knew the people that I wanted to know. But then somebody on the internet said, he's he's boring or he's something. And I got in my bag and I really just, I just really pivoted and did everything over and continued to change the brand and now elevate where I am now with the Jason Lee Show. I love that. Yeah. So... I watched your two-hour-plus interview with Vlad, mm. and I learned so much about you. I'm not going to make it the way his interview was, because yeah. obviously deposits is different. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. we do get into your business a little yeah, bit, as much course. as you let us, right? And like you said, you mentioned your brother. You were there when your bro brother passed away. Mm -hmm. This is the same brother that put you in college mm -hmm. after your one day mm -hmm. of dealing crack. Yeah. <laughs> 
selling crack cocaine and making deals with drug addicts. Bad business practice. You guys have to watch the interview. Read his book, actually, yeah. uh, to get more of his amazing story. So all of these things happen, and then you decide that fast forward, right? Mm -hmm. And you you move to LA, mm -hmm. right? And you decide, I kind of want to get into this entertainment space. Mm -hmm. Lowkeymessy.com? That was the first time. Yeah. It, and it wasn't even it wasn't even all that messy. It was low-key messy. It scared the hell out of people. Yeah, that was um, yeah. But you know, again, people think they look at where I am now and they go, oh my God, he he been killing. No, I was not killing Low-key Messy. We had no money. It, you know, I paid five thousand dollars to build a website. Um, it was my favorite color, red. Uh, and you know, it was it was messy. And but it scared people. And I and I didn't want that type of energy because that's not what I was on. That wasn't my intention. Uh I thought it would be funny, kind of messy, report on what's happening. But yeah, people did not like that. And what year exactly was that? That was man, that was a long time ago. That may have been two thousand because that was before Shade Room, right? Yeah, it was before Shade Room. It could have been 2012, 2011, something oh, like, like that. 2010. We're still on media takeout. Yeah. <laughs> Media takeout. Fred yeah. was killing it. He was the he was the 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 go to messy site for all. The, and you know we knew half the stuff was or wasn't real, but it was right. like it was the messy paper, yeah. you know. But yeah, that was the back in that era actually. Lowkeymessy.com. So that's actually what the deposits audience. We love hearing those backstories about those times where you were actually putting all the deposits. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So when you started messy.com, like. What would you say? You say you weren't making the money. Yeah. So when was the first time that you started, that you saw any type of money from? Yeah, well, it wasn't lowkeymessy.com at all. In fact, um, I was doing all the writing. I was doing all the photos. We had no social media because social media wasn't really big then. We had MySpace. Matter of fact, it was 2010 because the boom of media takeout. And I, I had this infatuation with wanting to know Fred. You know, because Fred was killing the game at the time, and then the Bossops was also doing Bossop was doing thing. <clears throat> so um, I was spending all my money, and uh, but I had the day job. So at the day, at the day job was just working at the union and making good money. So I didn't have to worry about a check, and it was more of like a hobby that I was trying to figure out because I saw the boom of media takeout and you know the the blogs or whatever, and social media was starting to really become a thing, and so um, I didn't make any money from that. And then I think after a year or something, I just like. I called up a friend who was messy as fuck, and I go, yo, why don't you take this brand? Like, I'll mm -hmm. give it to you. I'll help you uh, figure out the business of it. Or whatever. You run and be the face, because I don't want to do this anymore, because I was tired of it. So he didn't want to do it, so I just kind of deleted the site and whatever. And then I, that was before Shade Room, which was crazy, because I feel like we were onto something, and then Shade Room yeah. came in, and they just killed it. They killed that lane. And then um, then I launched IamJasonLee.com with the hashtag Hollywood Unlocked because I wanted people to see me for what my real intention was. And that's when I started to become more intentional. And then more people started gravitating toward, towards me as I became more intentional. Everybody loves McDonald's fries. So yes, you accused your mom of stealing some of your fries on the way home. Um, but the bag did feel a little light. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But the money still wasn't coming. You were just like sharing your experiences, going to parties. Yeah, and stuff. like what I saw, what I liked, didn't like, shoes I liked or didn't like. It was very focused on like fashion, uh, celebrity news, um, but it wasn't gossip. It was just more like what I'm seeing. And but people liked it because 
they, they everybody wanted to be inside. Yeah. And this was when, and I don't know if you remember this, but we had Supper Club LA. We had like all the Garden of Eden, Ladue. We had the best popping club, White Lotus. This is when LA Crest, all the clubs were lit. Um, Garden of Eden. I missed that. You missed well, that. I wasn't era. here yet, yeah. but I always hear about it. That's back when Jerry Lorenzo, who owns Fear of God, was a promoter. Mm. That's how long ago this what? was. Yeah. Okay. And so then, um, still wasn't making money, but it was when I started launching Hollywood Unlocked on social media and started letting people see it on social media and then seeing the behind the scenes and all this and that. Then we started getting, you know, interest, $100 ad here, $200 ad there. That was probably back in 2015, 16. So you yeah. were like As at least three years of doing without seeing anything oh yeah but it was three years of like figuring it out you know i won't say consistently doing something for three years because after i quit low-key messy i just was consulting and making money on the side just mm -hmm. building relationships i pivoted from trying to be the brand to continue to amplify my network um because that's where the real money is yeah. money is not just hollywood unlocks one thing but like being able to call everybody and get five ten thousand here twenty thousand here hundred thousand here three thousand here i mean you know it all adds up at the end um, but it wasn't until we launched Hollywood Unlocked in 2015 and really started going, you know, with the branding and focusing on social, you know, all things digital content creation that we started seeing a little bit of money. So, yeah. So when would you say you saw your first big one? Well, I would say when we got the sponsorship from Floyd for the podcast was mm -hmm. when we first started getting big support, consistent support, where we went from struggling to figuring it out to a certain level of comfort to be able to pace ourselves in the thought process of where to go get the money. Mm -hmm. um, and that happened where he got behind the podcast after we launched that and we had a very successful traction with people coming in and loving the show, but we didn't know how to go find the advertisers because we were on a Dash network. Dash didn't give you any money, but they gave you the space for free. So we had a free studio, we had free infrastructure and so we didn't have the overhead and then i had you know a team a very small team helping me to do it we had no research we had no notes because we couldn't afford that we just turned on the cameras and we just talked our shit uh and we had relationships again going back to the time where i was networking that was where my real value came from because i had built all these relationships over time so once we got into dash and floyd got behind us and then we could start focusing on the other money. That's when we started dealing with Fashion Novas and the different brands who wanted to sponsor, sponsor the show, sponsor content. And then our audience was growing because I was on Love & Hip Hop. I was on uh, podcast was booming. So a lot of people were tagging us and posting us. And then I had relationships with Shade Room and Ball Alert and Jasmine Brandon, different people who would repost us. And then as we started to grow our social, then we started focusing on how do we monetize social, okay? Mm -hmm. So then that became another bag. So now you have the podcast, you have the website making money, now you have social media making money. And then from there, it was just, it became an ecosystem of all types of different uh, verticals where we were getting paid. So at that point, that's when you were really start to be able to pay people and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, when, when you first start, you know, when I first started, I remember getting on Love & Hip Hop and the first thing I said was, okay, I'm on Love & Hip Hop, I need to get a cameraman. Because I need to take pictures, I need to create content, I need to post on social media. People need to see me. I'm I'm on Love and Hip Hop, so I found a camera person. I found a guy, and I said to him, uh, "You know, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna start this. Really get this brand going. I'm gonna kill it, and I want you to be down with me. But I don't have no budget, really." And he said, "Okay." And so he went and took me to his team. He was a part of a company that were these guys who all shared an apartment in Orange County that were all content creators that wanted to make it, and they didn't have any money either. <clears throat> so all of us had no money. 
So we got together. We had a meeting. I'll never forget. We had a meeting downtown. And I said, look, if you guys rock with me, I promise you, I'll figure out how to get y'all paid, whatever. And so they rock with me for six months without getting paid. One day we're in Vegas and we hop in Floyd's car and we're talking like, yo, these are my camera guys. We've been doing this, this, whatever. And by this time, Floyd's a friend, a mentor, whatever. He's not, he's, he's supporting the show. And I tell him, yeah, they've been, uh, they've been helping me with no money for like six months. And Floyd gave them $25,000 mm. so or $30,000. So basically it was $5,000 for every month that they had been supporting us because he believed that loyalty was important. And he liked the fact that they had invested in me. And then he liked their story that they were trying to do their own thing. So he gave them that money, which I didn't ask him to do. He just did it as a friend. Yeah. So then they really got excited. They then they already believed in me and were breaking their ass to believe in me. Um, but ironically, it's interesting now because the guy I went to, I just was talking to this morning. He went and started his own podcast, his own platform that's doing great. And the other guy was my camera guy, works at... Um, uh, I want to say Discovery Channel or National Geographic, but he's like traveling the whole world shooting documentaries now, and he's developed all of his skills in college and in with me. So it, it really paid off. But, you know, early on, again, I had support from people who just believed in my dream. Are you able to tell us how much that initial investment from Floyd? Well, it wasn't an investment. It was more of a sponsorship. I mean, I don't, I don't, let me tell you what I learned a long time ago. I have no problem talking about my journey, but I'm very careful about money because the IRS is also watching deposits. Ooh, and, that part. and although I pay my taxes and I'm very big on, I mean, I have a CFO, an accountant, and a tax attorney, um, I'm very selective on how I invite people into the details of the dollar. A lot of people in general just don't get yeah. what it really takes to get to a position like this. Yeah. Now, I don't think I can recall um, it seems like a part of your story, you kind of always knew how to get money. Mm -hmm. Am I wrong about that? Or were no. there like broke moments? Oh, yeah, of course there's broke moments. When you go from being a guy who gets paid $5,000 every other week at your job that you know you got in the bag because you're the best. at, I was the best organizer at the labor union. I was the best. Um, and my colleagues had... Harvard degrees, Princeton degrees. I had a GED from Stockton, California that I don't even know where it is. I had no college degree, but I knew I had a strong work ethic. I was very competitive. I know how to code switch. I know how to communicate. I know how to lead and I know how to paint a vision for people that I always knew, like I'd always been successful in all my jobs. So I had no doubt that I'd be successful at this, but the fear of leaving stability to the instability of the grind was something that I was afraid of. And so I didn't start really pursuing my dreams really as an independent um, entrepreneur because to go from making that type of money, 10000 a month, to nothing and, figure, and everything what you eat is what you kill was scary. So the only I always tell the only broke time I had, because I was never broke before I started my business. I always had money. I always knew how to hustle or whatever. But... Uh, there was a, a brief moment when I left my partner, as I write about in the book, and then I started my company, really focused on my company and downgraded my life, downsized my life into a studio apartment and really started focusing on the grind that the money wasn't coming in as regular. And when it did come in, it came in in like big chunks. But then I was also reckless in the streets, partying and hanging out. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there was there was a time. But I but do I always know how to get money? Yeah. But more importantly, I learned that the bag is the relationships. Yeah. What people don't realize is that you can get a million dollars a day and not know what to do with it and go broke. Or you can have a person who can give you a million dollars worth of game. And if you apply it and you study it and you really stay 
tedious to the details of it, you can get more multiple millions of dollars cash. What would you say has been the defining moment of your career? So far? Yeah, like, what do you think, what would you say is that moment that was like, you know what, this sealed the deal, like, I'm on. Mm. I still struggle with feeling like I'm on. I mean, I, I, yeah, like I, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm humble in the sense that like, I know now for sure. I was just again saying that coming back from Super Bowl, everybody knows who I am. So clearly I'm on the radar. Like they know. And I've done a lot of dynamic things where I know I can claim like, okay, that move was huge or this move was great. Um, but I don't, I don't know that there's ever been a time where I've been like in my house with the doors closed. Like, yeah, I did it because I'm I'm very humble to the journey and I'm very much enjoying the process and trying to just stay focused on every move that I'm making. I'm very calculated. If I had to pick a time where I go, okay, undoubtedly, y'all know I did that. Yeah. I would say become a head of media for Kanye was a big move because you it was You say before that? I think that is actually a very huge moment. Yeah. Um but like, okay. So when did you know, like, you know what? I got enough money coming in. I can move. I can upgrade from the studio. When I moved in my house. <laughs> when I moved in the house that I'm in now, where, you know, there can be people on in multiple areas of the house and we don't see each No, okay, I'll tell you what. When we were using walkie-talkies to communicate in the house, <laughs> that's when I think I knew, like, okay, this is, I'm doing okay. But I was still never caught up in the, oh, I got a mansion or I got a, I don't even use the word mansion. I'm using it for the audience who wants to understand that it is a huge house. Yeah. But but I think for me, it was more of like when I accomplished goals is when I go like, it's, it's, it's like I know I'm doing something. There's a documentary online that you and everybody should watch. It's on YouTube. It's free. It's Warren Buffett telling how basically he's built his brand and all that. And it goes into like, it shows him and his wife and their relationship and how he made all his money and this and that. And it shows how much money he's made. And this man literally said, like, I never use money as, uh, as you know, something to change my lifestyle. It was a measurement of success. If my business was making more money, I was doing something right. And so when I look at the moves that I've made, you know, getting on Love & Hip Hop wasn't ideal, but it was a good move for me for that time. Getting on Wild & Out taught me to be very vulnerable and very comfortable in front of a live audience in a very unpredictable format where everything else was very much structured, you know? Um, and then, you know, launching a podcast and watching it go into a nationally syndicated show with iHeart and watching it go into a talk show on Fox Soul was also great. Um, being able to have people walk out on my business, but me still be able to pivot and figure it out and have the business still continue to go. Have a pandemic happen where now we can't shoot in the studio to having an art director like Sean Harrison create an amazing online set for me to be able to do it online. You know, so Beautiful like there's, set. thank you. There's just always been moments, but I think, you know, the reason why I say yay is because regardless of how you feel about the guy, he's a cultural icon. And for him to entrust me to do that, reaffirm that somebody and people are seeing me and my ability to be effective in what I do. It was an example of like how progressive corporate structures and just like how influencing is now because even though you are a CEO, you're an influencer, Mm -hmm. you know, in your own right. So it's like we saw someone, an A-list, a genius, you know, a visionary say, you know what, this person knows what they're doing Mm -hmm. and they have so much influence I don't care what people say. I'm going to make them head of media. It yeah. was a really, really big deal. Yeah. So 
but I know that you quit. Yeah, I did. <laughs> How was that even just that short period of time? I know you talked yeah. about your gap uh, meetings and stuff like yeah. that. I mean, it was it was seven months well spent. I mean, I enjoyed the experience. Um, I've given a lot of people advice. In the past, I used to give a lot of people, celebrities, brands, uh, advice for free or as a consultant. Now I've just made it a very specific business model. So when people do call me to give them advice or they're going through a crisis, you got to give me a bag. Like it is what it is because I know I'm going to be able to think through that situation differently than anybody else. You know, if you think about it, my friend was- So you was in your Olivia Pope bag. Oh, but I've been doing that though. Been doing it behind the scenes for years. You know, people just always assume when I said I'm a strategic spiller, right? There have been times where there's been crisis going on and I'm the first person that gets a call from people because they know, one, I know how the story is going to be posted. I know how it's going to be communicated. I know the narrative that's going to be built and I know the way out of it. And so I, you know, Jason Lee has always been somebody to help people through crisis. Hollywood Unlocked is the business that Jason Lee owns and it's in the business of being in your business. So there's, for me, there's always been a separation. Those that have needed it and got it are cool. There was a a A A-list celebrity who called me after I started working with you and I'm not going to say that person's name, but they need a me and they didn't use a me. And that's why their brand isn't as progressive as it could be. And, you know, they're struggling. But I, I look at that even as where back in the day, Jason would have been in his feelings with, oh my God, you don't think I'm good enough to where now I just understand you either can't afford it or you're, you don't believe in yourself enough to know that you need it. Yeah. And ultimately your bag is going to be affected by not making the move. But yeah, yeah, I would say that was a, that was a, a good opportunity. And, and, um, I, I learned a lot, but I also learned a lot about myself because again, that courage to continue to move forward without people is something that as a boss, you have to be able to have in order to still remain successful. Because would you say, like, at that time, you decided to, like, leave behind a bag because your morals and your integrity you felt was worth more? Well, the bag had already been secured because I got my whole annual payment up front. So Mm -hmm. the 12 months was paid for, but there was termination language if we... If if the relationship goes in a way that's not suitable for either one, that we can leave. And that, it just was in a space where I felt like he... he needed to do certain things in order to move forward. And 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 he knew that I had certain things that I would not compromise on. So he actually gave me the opportunity to leave. I didn't say I'm out. Or, I wanted to leave, but he said, if Jason would like to go, like, I, I, I can respect that. And I left. And so it was never like a falling out. I've seen online where Jason stole money. and I mean, just the craziest things because the internet is just a, a sick place. But it was, it was an amicable thing where even after he heard that people were saying these things online about me, he was like, yo, like, you know, you're one of the few people that I really care about and that, you know, I respect and like, I, I'm, I can't believe that that's being said. So yeah, I mean, it was never like a hate thing. It's just, it's, if you're in a relationship with somebody, whether it's intimate, financial or business, whatever, once it doesn't add up anymore, mm. you, it's time to go. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that was actually a question that I had for you. When you do deals and contracts, what is like the most important thing that Jason looks for? First thing is, can I can I authentically sell it to my audience? I know my audience. I know what they like. I know what they don't like. I know what they believe. I know what they know about me. These people have been watching me from before Love and Hip Hop. You know, so I know my audience. So the first thing I say is, does this lineup, can I sell it? That's number one. Two, how does it move the culture forward? Am I going to be able to hire more people of color to help me create this or push it? Is it going to be something that my partners at 
you know, my collaborators, like at Shea Room or Neighborhood Talk or Ball Alert, can they, will they believe in it? Like, would they want to support it? Um, does the price match up with the value I believe I bring to the marketplace? Uh, because there's times I'll be offered things where the money just, like, you know you want it, you know you need it, and there's a desire for it, but you don't want to pay me what it's worth. I'm not compromising on that. Mm. So, and then how long is the relationship going to last? I don't like one-off relationships. I like partners that are going to last for years. You know, I was recently at Super Bowl and I met with the CMO or CFO or the CO, the people who run Pepsi. And I was saying to them, I have all these ideas that I want Pepsi to invest in. And I was telling them briefly what they were. And they said to me, like, what type of partner are you looking for? And I said, I want a partner who wants to invest in all these ideas and be around forever because I'm going to be a best, the best partner you ever had. I'm going to over deliver what you want. I'm going to over promote what you want. I'm going to over bring issues and opportunities to the table for you. You're never going to have to question my integrity. You're never going to have to question the delivery of service. So I want you to invest in that. But more importantly, show the rest of corporate America who during Black Lives Matter said how much they sh everybody should be pouring into you know, black companies and all these people that made commitments and didn't show up. Show them that you're the front runner of putting your money where your mouth is, literally. And so... A lot of promises were made 2020. And nobody <laughs> showed up, you know? And recently... Gap tried, I believe. The they Gap did. Tried. Yeah. They did. And Gap, you know, they there were a lot of commitments on the table for what they wanted to do. Adidas also. They just, it didn't happen because, you know, the relationship went left. But um, the the guy who made... Bob Johnson, who mm -hmm, built mm -hmm. uh, BET, he recently did a report where he called out all the corporations that made all these commitments and yeah. didn't pay into the culture. So like, yeah, I look for that. Like, what is your real commitment? And do you just want black folks? Like, I'm not here to just give you black people. I'm here to create an experience that black people believe they should invest in because you invested in it. Yeah, so yeah. smart. I want to rewind because like you said, a lot of celebrities and people have come to you, you know, on the Olivia Pope side, like, can you fix this? Do you think that was because of what happened with your blog and how you had to get it back? Was that after the Karen Civil thing? Well, I think people know I've been through a lot of shit. I get talked about all day long, good and bad, more good now than bad, but still bad. Um, I've I you would go online and say the wildest things and I get canceled. The queen gets killed. We kill the queen off. We don't we don't fail. You know, I, I worked with Kanye, who's one of the most controversial people in the world. So clearly you must be in the world of knowing how to fix stuff. I also think that, yeah, I had my Instagram hacked. That was like a big thing. Just to give yeah. a little bit of backstory. With the Instagram? With the Karen yeah, Stibble. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, situation, there was a story that you ran that she wanted you to remove, and mm. then she put the hackers on you, right? right? Right. How much money did you lose in that time? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. Hundreds of thousands of dollars. The crazy part was that, and I want to say something to everybody out there too who's listening and say, oh, he's talking about Karen Civil Game. Nobody nobody feels sorry for her at all. No, I'm asking. No, 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 no but I want, yes. to say, I want to say this, because I'm not, I, I don't even care if they get mad or not. This is why you don't do dirt. And this is why you, and if you do dirt, you don't get caught because I don't even have to bring her up anymore. Every interview I go to, it comes up because people are flabbergasted at the idea of somebody who coined themselves as a cultural icon, a cultural mover of whatever, would actually be underhanded to the point that they would try to destroy a black business, but whatever. Um, yeah, we lost hundreds of hundreds of thousands of dollars um, and lots of opportunity. And I have to credit, even though I don't work with them anymore, I have to credit Fashion Nova for being a partner that stuck mm -hmm. behind me. Um, Floyd, who stuck behind us and supporting the podcast. Because him supporting the podcast allowed me to then take money and pay people who 
were writing stories on a site that people weren't seeing really because we hadn't figured out the site traffic. We haven't figured the distribution of that and our Instagram was just gone. Um, so we lost hundreds of thousands of dollars that I never got back. Um, and But you know, the lesson in all that was I'm a partner at Facebook and Instagram now. Good for you. I have relationships at TikTok, YouTube, Snapchat. I have relationships at every social media place in the YouTube, everything social media. I have a partnership there, a relationship. Um, and I use my relationship to verify the neighborhood talk and other brands and other people moving culture because they need the protections of being a managed partner so they don't get hacked. We could talk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of got a relationship over there. No, I love that. See, that was like something that really, really stood out to me in your story as a CEO, yeah. entrepreneur, because, yeah, you're going to be making money and you're going to be putting so much work in to finally see. When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludacris. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holla at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. The fruits of your labor, but then you can also come into a situation where you lose everything, everything. and you got to get it back. Yeah. So that is just like a testimony to how hard you work and a, a good person that you are. And I just wanted our audience to know more about, I guess, like, what did you have to do in yeah. the day in and day out when you know that you're losing money, right? but you still have to spend money to keep the business going. But I want everybody to understand that um, well, first, I want to shout out my whole team that was yeah. there with me when it happened because it's less about what I was going through and it was the conversations I had to go and have with young women who who decided to quit their job to work for me or young women who were going through college and trying to find out where they wanted to go in life but really believed in this Hollywood Unlock thing that now all of a sudden there's no money coming in. Um, and it was the conversations I had to have with my partner said, hey, don't abandon us. We're going to figure it out. And the months that it took to figure it out. And I have to shout out Fadia, who's now over at Clubhouse. I was at the Rock Nation brunch. She walks up to me and she says, I'm Fadia. I'm from Instagram. I know what you're going through. Your Instagram page will be back in 48 hours and I'm going to verify you. And I was like, really? And that was the beginning. And Fadia would always stay connected with me. We had a private meeting somewhere on the west side where she sat down with me, she had printed out a whole presentation to show me behind the scenes of Hollywood Unlocked and how Instagram worked and the algorithm and what countries were focused on my content. And so she started educating me on the importance of following the social media world in details like I do now, where we have weekly calls with Instagram and Facebook. So Fadia did that and you know, she really heard what happened and how it all went down and also felt compelled to figure it out for me because she didn't like the way that I was like taken offline like that. So it's not just a testament of my ability to move forward because there was a lot of like, you know, you lose, I think we had 1.2 million followers at the time, which getting a million followers was hard. We weren't verified. There was a lot of days where you're just like, oh, I got to get up and do this shit again. But Did I- you want to quit? Net quitting was never an option. Mm. Was I fearful of how hard it was going to be again? Yeah, I was like, damn, like this 1.2 million followers. But then I just leaned into my relationships. I leaned into- the fact that I had to have faith and like yeah. I had to have faith over fear, fear that I was going to lose. No, I had faith that I was going to figure it out and we did. 
Yeah. 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 So fast forward again, right? Until now you you're back popping, right? Yeah, you yeah. guys are verified. With a vengeance now though. Oh, with a vengeance, because now what they say, vengeance, the Lord said the vengeance, vengeance is his. No, the vengeance was mine. I was in these motherfucking streets. I was at every club. I was at every party. I was popping up and sneaking into shit. I wanted to make sure these bitches knew everywhere I went that that motherfucking that that motherfucking Instagram was back. We posted. We went from posting thirty posts a day to fifty posts a day. Mm. We went from uh, five uh, ad spots a day to fifteen ad spots a day. I increased my prices because the buzz was back. Hollywood unlocks back, so the buzz was there. And, uh, then I went. I used every relationship. I made sure people reposted. I would tell people, congratulate us on getting our page back. I made sure. For me, it was a you tried it. I know you tried it. You got caught. I'm back, and bitch, it's over. And from that point on. How, what was that timeline you would say from when, from when you we were, guys were down and then when you were building back? Probably up? like four to five months, six months. And then a long how long time. did it take you to really get back? Oh, no, as soon as it, no, no, no. Soon, soon as. As soon as it came back. But now it was real because now I saw that we're such a threat that you would actually try to take us down. So we developed a brand Bible for our social media. Wow. We put together, we hired uh, Sean Harrison again, went and developed all new designs for the social media templates. Oh, yeah, the new logo. The new logo. Oh, we, we, we really took it serious because it was serious at that point. And then that's another time where I will say I started seeing the shift in. Because that branding was, like, really good. The, the branding was yeah. good. And people started really seeing it and resharing it and posting it. And and then people who didn't like the person who got it taken down got behind us. And, you know, I, I extended more. I asked for more episodes on Wild and Out. And every episode on Wild and Out, I talked about Hollywood Unlocked. And so it was one of those things where, like, it really motivated me to go even harder. And, again, that goes back to, like, when I feel like I'm tested or I feel like people doubt me, it makes it motivates me to go harder. And I don't get discouraged at all. Yeah. yeah, that's a superpower, though. You know, considering all the things that you have gone through. My even therapist is going to see this right here. That what you just said literally is what my therapist said yesterday and says every time we got on the phone. That, that's Crazy. a superpower? Yeah. It really, truly is. You know, I actually think that mental strength is something that needs to be taught. Because when you think about successful people, it's not that they're the best at what? In that industry, there's a lot of people that are really, really good that you have no idea they exist, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just those life, when life happens, those people that are able to keep going, those are the people yeah. that become successful, mm -hmm. that they don't stop no matter what, yeah. you know? So that's amazing that you have that. And, okay, cool. So tell me what you think is the biggest lesson that money has taught you. Um, well, uh, the, I'll say the biggest lesson that money may Floyd taught me was that money's not going to make you happy. And I never thought about that. Cause I always thought like, if I win the lottery, I'm going to do it. Like, I still think if I win the lottery, I'm going to retire all my friends. We're going to travel around the world and be horse. I always say that. <laughs> but I, I always said he, I remember one day we were talking on the phone and he said, he was telling me something about something, and I was like, it's easy for you to say that, bro. Like, you got the money, you got the cars, you got the jewelry, you got all right. the girls, you got everything you want. And he said to me, yeah, but I also wake up every day with all the money and the jet and can go everywhere and have been everywhere and have done everything for decades, and there's nothing else to do. Like, I've done it all. So you almost start questioning your life because it's like you've done it all, you've seen it all, you, you know what I mean? 
he's he, I'm in the club and for three decades I've been in the club with that girl's mother, her mother. Like I've seen this multiple times. So he taught me early on that money doesn't make you happy. And so I stopped looking at money as the source of happiness and started focusing on losing weight, going to therapy, working on my relationships, cutting them, cutting down the people around me, being very sur surrounded continuously by people who always want me to be better, criticize me when I'm not being better, uh, motivating me when I don't believe I'm good enough, uh, telling me that, you know, they're proud of me, but also telling me when they're not proud of me. And, and there are times where I get in my my shit and I don't want to hear it and I know everything because if I do believe I do know and I feel my heart and I, my connection to God is telling me I know what I'm saying, there's nobody that can tell me anything. But, um, yeah, one of the lessons is that money doesn't make you happy. And when I made my first million, I was like, okay, I made a million dollars, but I also spent that million dollars, you know, investing because yeah. everything coming in, I put right back in my business. Yeah. And then, um, you know, we just got a $50 million valuation, but it still doesn't make me feel any different than it did before I had the valuation. It's just like, okay, now I have a $50 million valuation. I got to get to 100. Now I got to get to 500. Then I got to get to a billion. How do I get to a billion? I'm chasing. I know the number that I'm chasing for my value, and I know all the things I need to do to get there, and then I know when I'm going to exit and how I want to exit. So I'm just staying focused on each step that it takes to get to that next piece of the chessboard. Yeah. 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 Have you ever thought about selling? Hollywood and No, that? no, because I'm not going to sell until it's valued at what I want it to be. Valued at. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so tell me. I've been offered, though. You have? Yeah. People have offered me money, lots of money. But, you know, what am I going to do with $25 million? It sounds like a lot of money, but once you take that, taxes, what, 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 I'm going to be bored. No, I'm not, gonna, not, not 20, 30, 40 million, even 50 million right now. I'm not ready. I couldn't see you being bored. I would I would find something to do, but it, but I wouldn't want to. I I want to retire in the within the next ten years and be able to like literally be on boards of philanthropic stuff or my foundation I'm getting ready to launch or helping kids or building schools or you know traveling the world with my friends. I don't want to be in the day to day grind of what I'm doing right now. Even though I can I don't I don't I can decide how my work feels every week because I control it all. But I want to be in a space where I built enough of a platform to have influence to help people and less of like all the stuff I'm in right now. Yeah. But I still got like 10 more years. Yeah. yeah. I don't I don't think so. I think you're gonna be working for I don't think I don't see you walking away. You have the impact awards now. Well, yes. I love that. Did you come last year? I Ours repeat. Okay, so you'll come this year. I'll come this year. Okay. Um, I thought it was amazing. And, I, you know, I wanted to go just off the strength, yeah. you know, because I was like, I love to see stuff like that. You just see someone growing and you see they're, they're trying to acknowledge other people. Mm -hmm. And when everybody saw that Mimi came, yeah. I cried. I was like, why would they not accept me? But I thought that was so amazing because people think that Mariah, well, Mariah just Carey, like... So, yeah, I don't know who Mimi is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's like my cousin. But I fa but I FaceTimed her the other day from the Super Bowl. Well, she FaceTimed the person that was standing next to me and we talked and I told her how much we missed her and I was able to give her her flowers the other day. I was able to give her her flowers that night and just being able to give Mariah Carey somebody I've admired yeah. from I Don't Want to Cry to Vision of Love to be able to look at one of the best, most phenomenal singers' voices in the world who's had a, a world. just a crazy career. Who could, She don't dance. She could stand on that stage and sing and kill it every night. she's been carrying me. Right. <laughs> and she's been carried. That's the thing. But to be able to have somebody like that, this is where I will be humble and say that 
there are a few times where, oh yeah, there's one more time I was saying. That was one time where I was very proud of myself, yeah. where I was like, you know what, you fucking did that. Because I asked Madonna to do it. Mm. She didn't do it because she had other obligations. She wanted to do it, but she couldn't. But then I called Mariah and said, well, here's another idea I have. And Mariah didn't even flinch at the idea. She's like, okay, tell me what day, tell me where, call Michael, y'all work out the, you know, the date and all that and figure it out. She wasn't extra. She was so easy to work with. And then, then the moment that I went in the back to get her and you know, I hadn't, I'd met her before a couple of times, but I hadn't like sat and had this with her. I walk in her room and she's putting on her heels and she's like, okay, who's all out there? I'm like, there's a lot of people out there. She's like, okay. I'm like, they're literally calling you right now. Like Lizzo's walking out the stage. You got to go right now. She's like, okay. Um, are there cameras out there? I'm like, there's so many fucking cameras out there. Like, yes, they are waiting because nobody knew she was there. Mm-hmm. We, we didn't even promote that Lizzo, right. we didn't promote anybody but Tiffany Haddish. We didn't say who was getting honored. So it was great to see all those people show up to support yeah. me. Uh, but it was, yeah, you're right because you had heard about it. Yeah. But then when you saw the aftermath, yeah. that's why I was like, I was like, why would these people? People were like, damn. But this like this year though, yes. this year, and I and, and I want to talk about that, but let me, so, so for Mariah Carey to, to walk out with me, for Lizzo to be standing there, who's a phenomenal artist, she's Love at the top Lizzo. of the game, to be waiting in the hallway like a fan like I was, to have a moment with Mariah, to then walk, to then run to my seat, because I, I did not want to be on, I wanted to, in, I wanted to absorb. Experience the night. What I had created, because I'm usually the type of person that's in every detail, on the microphone, who's at the door, what's the list, the carpet, the, this, this night I said, you know what? I want to sit back and enjoy my impact. Yeah. So I was able to run to my seat, watch Mariah Carey come out on stage and honor Floyd, who had been an amazing part of my journey, to watch Tiffany, my friend, stand up there and introduce her, and to be at a table full of all my friends, surrounded by people who love me, everybody from WAC 100, who's been in my corner, who introduced me to Kanye, who, who helped me get Kanye, to... Blueface, who just did my show, but first time I really met him, and he got up on stage and presented to Khalees last minute. I mean, it was all just a moment. And that was a moment where I did say, like, yo, I fucking did that. I did that, um, not from a cocky standpoint, but like a year, like we did it. And I spent 640000 of my own dollars to do it. Shout out to The Gap and shout out to Zeus Network and Fox Soul, who did give me a couple dollars, you know, whatever. But so just six forty, dollars just for that night. That night was $640,000. $100,000 was given in sponsorship. Wow. Gap, Gap was the biggest sponsor to support us with $50,000. Um, and they did that in days to do it, and they just wanted to support it. But, you know, it was it was um, $640,000, $540,000 of my own money because I wanted to show people that I could do it, and I had the money. Now, this year, it's going to be bigger. It's yeah. at the same place. We've opened up 200 more seats. We're going to be sponsoring tables. People can buy tickets to it. And and we're going to have a phenomenal lineup. And now we're talking to networks about buying it. So it's it, it, I invested in myself, you know? Yeah. But that was the moment where I was like, yo, I was very proud of myself. And then I think the other moment um, was just recently having coffee with the vice president of the United States and being able to call the owner of the Shade Room. And P. Harris? yes. And Kyle from Neighborhood Talk and Spiritual Word and Foxhole and bring us all together to talk about how we can get behind the first female and first black vice president, but also how she could understand from us what our issues were and what our needs were and what our community's needs were. Because we want to be a bridge to a conversation that our people need to be able to have and that she needs to be able to benefit from so we don't 
see America turn to a circus again, you know? And so when I look at moments like those, Mariah Carey or sitting this close to the vice president, being able to have a conversation like we are, I'm like, yo, like I'm in my bag, but I'm also staying focused on the fact that what's driving me to do it is the impact, not necessarily the coins. The coins show up when the impact is there. Yeah. I love that. So, but what, what, um, what motivated you to want to do an impact award? Like, why did you think it was important? I believe that there are lots of brands that are owned by white people that benefit from the people that look like us the most. We never get the lion's share of that. And we're always having these award shows to sell sponsors on shit that pushes mainstream, like albums or fashion or this or that. I wanted to have an award show that's driven by the person's impact. Yes, you're a star in music. Yes, you're a star in fashion. Yes, you're a star in politics, whatever. But how are you using your platform to inspire the future? How are you using your platform to show people that they can become that too? Floyd was an independent, he became an independent cell phone created billionaire out of living in a one bedroom apartment with seven people and uh, drug addicted parents and in a community like Grand Rapids, Michigan, that was infected with crime. And I say infected, I use that word strategically. Um, when you look at um, Lizzo, who's body shamed every day, you know, and living in her truth and enjoying her body and, 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 you know, showing you that you can be successful and still have self-love, she got the Fearlessness Award. You know, Jennifer Lewis, who motivated me to write my book, who, um, you know, she got the Perseverance Award when you understand her journey with mental health and now inspire yeah. me to pursue my own. So everybody had a purposeful reason for being there. It wasn't just, who can I find, you yeah. know? And uh, and so it was true and authentic. And I, that's why I think, like, when Jennifer Lewis stood up there and said, I've never seen the room this beautiful in my whole life, and I've been in it 70 times, that really showed me like my intention yeah. lined up with my purpose. And that's why she said what she said. I know that must have felt. So it felt great. It felt great. Yeah. Do you think awards are important? I haven't always thought that awards were important, but now where I am in my career, I am starting to see why people find them important because when you become an Emmy award winning host, and that's before your name. It opens up doors and conversations that without it won't, right? It doesn't mean that your work's any less valuable. It doesn't mean that your purpose is any less valuable. It doesn't mean that your platform is less important. It just does something for the industry and the market by driving a certain level of value that you may already know you have and your audience may know you have, but now the world gets to see that you have. So now, I, you know, my last podcast got considered for an Emmy, but I didn't know that we were considered for an Emmy until the for your consideration time was ending. So I didn't have time to run a campaign to get people to vote for me to be nominated. This year, of course, we're paying very close attention to all the different opportunities that are out there. And I know that I've been, you know, considered or I'm being considered for different awards, but I've won some awards, but, you know, I'm not going to feel like my purpose isn't valuable or important because I don't get anything, but it would feel great to give something because I also understand that for every foster kid sitting out there thinking that their life is worthless, that to see me rise and get that would give me an opportunity to tell them to their face through TV or whatever that they are worth something. So I do see the value in that. But I mean, I don't, my bank account is not struggling. So I'm not worried if I don't get it. But would I, would I love an Emmy? Yeah, I would love an Emmy. I would love to be acknowledged for the work that I've done. What would you say has been your greatest investment? Losing weight. Mm. Losing weight. Um, because you, if you don't, they say health is wealth. Let's be very clear. That's true. 
But if you losing weight allowed me to focus on the insecurities that were there before the weight got there. It allowed me time to really love myself, fall in love with myself again, get to know myself, know the person that I want to become. Um, I was able to, I'm able to now like enjoy the process more because um, I'm not focused on the different things that are getting ready to happen, like diabetes or inflammation or sleep apnea or whatever. Um, most people think that I lost the way for the aesthetic when it was never driven by that. It was more driven by, well, it was driven by trying to find clothes I could fit. Mm-hmm. I wanted to wear designer clothes. But it was also driven by I just want to be healthier. I want to be happier. And and so that was, I think, my, my greatest accomplishment so far. I sometimes forget that you've had this transformation. I yeah. forget that you were on Love & Hip Hop. Thank you. You're the first person <laughs> to interview me who forgot that I was on Love & Hip Hop, by the way, I which do. I enjoy. I do. Sometimes it's it, it's been amazing that you've been able to... I mean, well, you say I'm the only one, but I feel like you've been able to kind of like separate yourself and really have your own individual brand of who you are, because I really do forget that you were on that show. But every time I get interviewed. Hey there. Ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah. Or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities, from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. They always remind me. Like they always go, he was on, and and in my mind I'm like, this is such lazy journalism. Because there's no way, there's no, yesterday ABC News, yeah, yesterday, ABC News wrote a story about Rihanna releasing her, no, ABC News wrote a story yesterday about Rihanna and ASAP's cover of Vogue, British Vogue, British yeah. Vogue with the baby. Um, and they referenced her sending me, they talk about the moment she realized that these paparazzis took the pictures. And she said, me and Rocky drove up the hill and we're sitting in the car plotting how we want to handle it. And they said she sent a couple photos from her phone to a, a friendly blogger. And I laughed because for their world, for the ecosystem of mainstream, it's just a way of saying she just sent them to a blogger, but I'm much bigger than that. Yeah. And the culture knows I have much yeah. more impact. They were undermining than that. your accomplishments. They undervalue it because to acknowledge that. Jason Lee and Hollywood Unlocked got the first look yeah. of Rihanna and ASAP's beautiful baby. Story, yeah. Is to is to tell people that you can actually just go somewhere else for your news. You know, it's almost like when they say I'm not ready to be on a daytime talk show, a nighttime talk show on a cable network. Guess what? Cable's fleeting. People are coming to where I am. I'm already where y'all trying to be. So I had to reverse engineer my own thought process that I don't need to belong there to believe I'm valuable because I'm where y'all are seeing the value really is. Um, but yeah, they, they'll they say blogger or they'll say loving hip hop star. And I'm like, yo, loving hip hop was literally 
literally eight years ago. Eight years ago was when I made my debut on a show that was a part of how people first saw me. But if you still talk about that in an interview, then you clearly have missed all the other things. I own an award show. I became head of media for one of the biggest cultural music icons in the world. I have built a $50 million brand from Instagram. I lost a uh, hundred and shit, I don't even know, 120 pounds, 115 pounds. Um, I, I've done a lot of good things. And so it always is interesting that they won't say wild and out. They'll say love and hip hop. But that's, that's really the creative ways that mainstream will try to put you in a box to, to their audience to say, oh, you guys know love and hip hop. First thing you say is fighting, yelling, cussing, throwing drinks. So that's right. what you think of right. instead of getting past that to get to the real tea. So. Mogul. You know, I like that word. It, it's given mogul. Yeah, talk show host. Of yes. <laughs> so, of all the stories that you have broken mm. in your career, mm. are there any that you regret? No, no, because they all served. They all were the news. You know, I mean, I you know, I I've said publicly that you know I regret making the Jordan one Jordan Wood story personal because I feel like I was used by the Kardashians. I mean, you know they've been known to use black people for years. Yeah. I just didn't think that they were going to use me, but but it's almost like being in a relationship with somebody who's cheating on everybody. Why do you think they're not going to cheat on you? you? They've been cheating on everybody else. So, yeah, they used me and and but I was able to tell Jordan was to her face that I was sorry for how I was used and how I how I personalized it and we had a very good conversation at Diddy's house. And I don't blame her for being uh, for having trepidation and trusting me or wanting to explore talking to me. But I did leave the door open and she did say that when she's ready, she'll reach back to have that conversation. Me and her mom have been talking. So yeah, I mean, that's one. I won't say I regret the story because the story is what it is. The news is what it is. I'm not, yeah. I'm not mad at the news. But how I handled it, how I was um, somewhat irresponsible with my personal platform and make it, you know, proving that I could break the biggest story and proving that I owned it and proving that she was this and that, like that was whack. But, you know, in retrospect, you look at it and you go, okay, just don't do that again. Yeah. And I just choose not to now. Yeah. And you've grown and moved on in so many ways. And yeah. You have your new talk show yeah. with Revolt. Yeah. Shout out to Revolt. Shout out you to You want to talk to us? Shout out to Tavio. Yeah. You want to talk to us about your show? Yeah, the Jason Lee show. I mean, um, I started the show because I wanted to have my own talk show. I just interviewed Amanda Seals yesterday, and I told Amanda the reason why I named it the Jason Lee Show is because you can't replace me. It's mine. I created it. I designed it. I I sold it or licensed it, and now I'm building it with Revolt. And uh, it's been a phenomenal journey so far. We've had um, Cardi on. We had Remy and Hitman Holiday just aired, uh, mm -hmm. just aired recently. We had Blueface and Krishan. Lala. Lala and Da Vinci. And then now we have um, we have Laverne Cox coming up. We have uh, oh. Black China exclusive on the Kardashians coming up and everything in her world. So, yeah, I mean, I'm enjoying it. And I get to talk to people that I want to talk to. And it's weekly. Is it seasonal? It's every week. Or are you going to just keep going until you get tired? Listen, I did say to Dottavio, you know, when I did my podcast, I think the thing in experiencing burnout is I just did it for six years straight with no break. I'm not doing that anymore. No I'm giving myself a break. I'm pacing myself. I'm shooting episodes, multiple episodes in a week to give me a week off. Um, and I'm still enjoying the lifestyle that I built. But... I said I'll do 50, 40 episodes, you know, do 40 episodes. I'm into my ninth episode now. And then if they want 52 episodes, I would have to shoot them uh, and then, like, 
shoot them in bulk and then leave for a couple months because I do want to spend this year as the year, my first year that I'm going to move to Europe for a summer or for a couple days and just, I mean, a couple months and just live and just live without the pressure of having to be doing something every day or every oh, week. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's a great <clears throat> note to end on. Yeah. So I, I would love to do that. So you and one day you will. And one day I will. Jason Lee said it. And one day I will because there's nobody out here is any less smarter than me or more smarter than me. We are all who we are. It's just do you want it bad enough to go for it? And are you willing to say fuck it? Like fuck it are the most important words I've learned in my whole vocabulary because once you say fuck it, like I'm going to leave my nigga cuz he don't love me the way I love me. Fuck it. I'm gonna I'm gonna start this business even though everybody said I can't do it. Fuck it. You know, oh my God, my Instagram just went down. Oh, it's back. Fuck it. Like it's yeah. fuck it. And you know what? The, what I'll tell you is that the reason why I designed my courses, mediamillionaires.com, I'll tell you that. Go to go to that. If you want to learn this world of podcasting and broadcasting, blogging, all that, the tools are out there if you want it. Yeah. It's just, are you gonna invest in you? Do you believe in you? And are are you ready for the hard work, the the letdowns, the lessons, the no's that come along the way? I still get no's, but I, I just work hard to figure out the yeses and keep on moving. So how does one, well, how are you planning to take this time out? Are you putting yourself on a budget or are you budgeting for a certain amount of months? To, how go, where, do you, to go to Europe. To, to not work because you said you're going no, to I mean, relax. Well, let me say this. There's no relaxing because my motto is if I'm awake, I'm working. Okay. So I'll always be working. I just won't do a show. So like, you know, we're figuring out what does our programming look like without Jason Lee on it. So the studio will still be busy with people doing content, but I just won't have a show to go to every day where I can go and spend time because I have friends in Europe that I never see. I've been to Dubai, what, six times last year and I'm getting my residency there because I want to establish myself in business. But I can't be there because to go to Dubai is 16 hours. So to get there, if I have a show to do, I'm not going to go out there unless I can be there for a week. Yeah. I want I want the freedom to spend two to three months to move around the world and look at the global economy, economic opportunities. Because sometimes when we get in this world of media, we only look at LA or California or United States. There's a global economy where the Asian market is craving for Western culture. There's Australia that loves our music. There's Dubai that wants the nightlife that we have. There's, you know, London that just can't get enough of Hollywood Unlocked. So what does London Unlocked look like? You know, I'd yeah. rather like go build brand extensions, but also live outside of this crazy world that we live in in America because the world is a beautiful place and we're conditioned in our hoods and in our communities and in this country that America is the only country that matters. And it isn't. It's true. Yeah. It's so true. Yeah. Well, before you go, what advice or what is like a jewel, a gem that you can drop to us about investing in yourself? Every single penny you make should go right back into your business. Because you can't ask a person to invest in watching your show if you don't perfect it. You can't expect a brand to give you money to promote their brand if your brand is not aligned with the same level of value they see their brand. You can't expect the audience to keep coming back every week if you don't give them something to miss. And so it's really about like knowing exactly why you're doing what you're doing, knowing exactly who you're doing it for, and knowing that you're willing to spend every penny to make it as profitable as I've been able to make my business today. And then the other thing is invest in yourself. Again, mediamillionaires.com for those people who want to get in podcasting or blogging or journalism, whatever, and authoring whatever books. If you really want to get in this business and be serious about it, you got to invest in yourself because I really hate when I meet people, I'm not saying this to you because you did it, 
but he's like, oh, I want to work with you. But like, what does that even mean? Like, there's some people that may think they want to work with me, but why work for me when you have all the skills to build your own? Like, working for me may be beneficial for me or you in your mind, but you not working for me may push you to be great and do your own thing. And then you'll be on your own show interviewing me where, you know, you, you got your thing and now my audience will go and find you and, you know, your audience will find me and it's just about building that ecosystem. But yeah, just invest in yourself because all the people who told me no when I went to them with my business plan, they're all eating dick right now. Gagging. Gagging. Jason Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Literally gagging. They're gagging. It's been so much fun sitting down with Jason. I learned so much about you. If you liked what you heard today, you already know what to do. Hit that like and subscribe button. Follow us on all social media platforms at Deposits Podcast. Follow me at It's Brooke England. If you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba ba ba. At participating McDonald's.